Welcome to Coach Bennett's Podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. It's already episode 12 of Coach Bennett's podcast, and today's episode is It's All About Effort. That's right, we're going to be talking all about effort because it's all about effort. But that's not the only thing we're going to be talking about because we're also going to be talking about the Jersey Shore running tour that I've been on, which is just my name for me running around my favorite spots in the Jersey Shore. We're also going to be talking about that phrase, home is where the heart is, because I'm not so sure if that's the best phrase. I think it should be something different, and I'm going to tell you why. And we talk about so much more, so let's just get right into it right now. Welcome to episode 12 of Coach Bennett's podcast. Here we are, a dozen, not a dirty dozen, not a baker's dozen, because a baker's dozen is 13, I believe, just a straight up dozen episodes of Coach Bennett's podcast, and this one is all about effort. That's right, effort. But before we get into this 12th episode... Let's talk a little bit about what's been going on the last week. So I got to tell you, a lot has been going on the last week. I'm still in New Jersey. That's right. I'm still in the promised land, the land of milk and honey. I am in New Jersey at the shore. If you've been paying attention on some of the social media sites that uh, I frequent, there's been a little bit of a Jersey Shore running tour. And I just want to tip my cap to a few places that I've been running. I want to talk a little bit about why I think it's so important to find those places, those courses, those trails, those roads, those boardwalks and beaches that just bring you absolute joy every single time you run on them. I want to talk a little bit about that phrase, a home is where the heart is. Is that it? The ho- a home is where the heart is? Yeah, because I think that's kind of true, but also not totally true. And I just want to talk a little bit about some great pizza and some wings that I've had since I've been back on the East Coast running Jersey. So let's just dive right in and talk a little bit about the running that's been going on for me. Because I don't really talk about my running so much on the podcast. And I get a lot of questions about my running in the mailbag, which, by the way, I don't have access to. And I forgot the literal bag of mail because no joke I have a bag of mail now which is super awesome I just can't get to the bag of mail nor can I get to the post office box that we have because like I said I'm in Jersey I'm not in Portland Oregon so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my running over the last week because it's been really good it's been great so we got in and I did a night run in the neighborhood that my parents live in. So that was a little low-key, a little boring, because it was just like a road loop. But the next day, boardwalk run. And you know what was cool? We got a massive, massive rain shower. It's not even, I shouldn't say rain shower. I mean, it was like a thunderstorm without the thunder. 
So if you if you've lived in the southeast or the northeast, especially, you get this kind of torrential rain for like 20 minutes, and I had just finished the run. So my son who was running, he got stuck out in all of it and said like visibility was non-existent. So he was on the boardwalk during it. I kind of wish that I had run further so I could have been in the storm. It's interesting that if it rains like halfway through a run or three quarters of the way through a run, you kind of welcome the rain. You know what I mean? Because you're warmed up and you're like, this is, I'm fine with this. I'm okay with it. Now, if starting in the rain for me is tough. I'm not a big fan of starting a run in the rain. But ending a run in the rain, it's, it's basically magical. And ending a run in torrential rain on a boardwalk with kind of a rough ocean off to the side, it just... You can't ask for much more than that. And that's what he got, so I'm a little jealous of that. The next day, we went to a place called the Manasquan Reservoir. Now, the Manasquan Reservoir is in Howell Township, and it is a five-mile trail around a reservoir. And it's unbelievably beautiful. I love running there. It's more or less completely flat. There's a couple little rollers, but you know nothing you're going to write home about, even though you should write home more, but I digress. There is one section, though, that pretty much everyone who runs the loop talks about, and it's like the Bermuda Triangle of the Manasquan Reservoir Loop, and it's from two miles to three miles um, in both directions. So it's the middle mile, and this middle mile is like you go into some parallel universe where a mile is actually like five miles. It is the longest mile you'll ever run. That's still a mile which is the what's bananas, because you assume, well, the markers are wrong. You know, the markers are wrong by like 400 meters or 600 meters or 800 meters or 10,000 meters. There's no way that this can be a mile, and yet it is. By every device I've ever used on a run, it more or less is the same distance between two and three as any other of the markers, but it makes no sense. Mentally, it is a marathon. It is brutal. So if you ever are running at the Manasquan Reservoir, or if you have run at the Manasquan Reservoir, I want to hear about your Bermuda Triangle mile stories, that that two to three mile stretch that somehow just stretches on forever. But anyway, I also love the place, so I don't want to scare you away. Okay, where else do we run? Well, there are a couple more boardwalk runs, which were great. Um, Seagirt, Spring Lake, Manasquan, Belmar... Avon, they all have boardwalks. Bradley Beach has boardwalk for a little stretch. There's some uh, concrete. Um, Then you have uh, all the way down to Asbury Park. So there's this nice little stretch that you can... Now, keep in mind, I didn't run through all of those towns on one run, but I've been hitting a couple of the towns on and off. I love the boardwalk. I used to not like the boardwalk, mostly because... The boardwalk can also play mind games on you because you can see so far ahead for so long. And these buildings or pavilions that are on the boardwalk or gazebos that are right off the boardwalk can seem close, but they're not. So it's like the opposite of like the mirrors on the side of your car that say objects are closer than they appear. No, when you're on a boardwalk, objects are further away than they appear. So mentally, if you're not prepared, 
it can be rough. I've gotten to a point now where I don't think that way. I'm on the boardwalk and I'm trying to enjoy it. I know I'm going to run around the pace I want to run as long as I'm enjoying myself. So I'm paying attention to the other people on the boardwalk. I'm trying to check out the ocean. I'm checking out the people on the beach because, you know, it's interesting and you can invent stories about them. I'm listening to some good music. When I'm running on the boardwalk, I got to tell you, it's usually 80s music. It fits the vibe. And for whatever reason, when I'm at the beach, I'm like a little kid. And I was a little kid in the 80s. So I'm listening to 80s music. I think that's the best way to run on the boardwalk. Don't run seriously on the boardwalk. You can run a serious pace and not be running seriously. What I'm saying is don't mentally or emotionally, you know, get into a serious run mentally or emotionally on a boardwalk. I mean, come on, enjoy it. Be festive, have fun, you know what I mean? And if you do that, you're going to have a better run. You'll have a faster run if you want to have a faster run if you're having a better time on the boardwalk. Because usually what happens is people get very serious on a boardwalk and then they overthink. And when you overthink on the boardwalk, that long stretch does damage to you mentally. There's a couple stretches uh, in cross-country races that my teams used to run. And that's basically what I would try to do is make sure that they were not focused on the long stretch. They were not looking too far ahead because if you look too far ahead, you're running towards this, this, you know, the woods or this line that's a thousand meters in front of you, which should only take a couple of minutes. But when you're living every single second, a couple minutes is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those seconds, which can be overwhelming. So little advice. When you're running on the boardwalk, don't take it so seriously, all right? Have some fun, enjoy yourself, get rid of the stress, and loosen up, and you're going to have a better run. I also got to run at Thompson Park, which is in Lincroft. It's across the street from the high school that I went to and my brothers went to, and I taught at and coached at CBA in Lincroft, and I went there for a longer run. Um, I wanted to go out and run for 60 minutes. I think I ran for about 64, 65 minutes. But the real story here is I found new trails that I didn't even know existed. Now, keep in mind, I went to high school across the street from this place. My wife coached a middle school team for years. They practiced there. I would go for runs there occasionally. Some of the teams that I coached would do long runs there occasionally. I didn't do the long runs with them, which is probably why I didn't know all of these trails existed. They did. But I found trails, miles of trails I didn't know existed at this park. It's a very big park, which is incredible. It would be like the apartment or the house that you grew up in. You went back to as an adult and you found a room you didn't know existed. Okay, so you grew up there your entire childhood and suddenly you're like, what is this room? And everyone's like, what do you, what do you mean, what is that room? That's the, that's the party room. And you're like, the, what, what do you mean party room? When did we have a party room? They're like, dude, we've had, we had a party room. We've always had a party room. We had a party room your entire childhood. Like, I didn't know there was a party room. And they're like, well, that's probably why you were always in such a cranky mood. We were in there partying, and you were probably wondering where we were. And I'm like, yeah, I just thought you guys left for a couple hours a day. And they're like, no, we were literally in the party room. So that was like me discovering the party room at Thompson Park. 
I found all these great trails and had a great run. And the last minute I was kind of falling apart. But at that point I realized I don't have to run anymore. So I stopped my watch and walked it in and it was glorious, which leads me to another place that I ran at yesterday, which is Homedale Park. Homedale Park is H-O-L-M as in monkey, D-E-L, Homedale Park. I grew up in Homedale, New Jersey. Homedale Park is the site of the New Jersey State Cross Country Championships. And as far as I'm concerned, the best 5K cross country course in the world. That's right. Some would call it the hardest 5K cross country course in the country. I don't know if it's the hardest. It does have its secrets, but all courses have their secrets. But I will say, I love the place. Absolutely, positively love the place. And I'll tell you why I love the place. Because it's where I grew up. It was where the state championship was. It's where I got most nervous before a cross-country race. It was the hardest course for me to crack. And when I did finally crack the course, it was one of the proudest moments of my running career. And I was 17. It's still one of the proudest moments of my running career. And and I'll give you proof that I love it so much. Because on the run yesterday, I started running and oh baby, did I feel terrible. I, I, I can't even tell you in words how awful I felt. I can just give you a noise and the noise is, oh, that's, that was the noise that if I could express to you in actual real words, those words would, would give off the impression of, oh, that's how I felt at the start of the run. So utterly miserable. And the course starts with 600 meters uphill. That's right. Starting line, gun goes off, welcome to the course, 600 meters uphill. And it's like kind of slightly uneven, thick grass. So it's not fast. It's not even like you're running fast up 600 meters. It's like slog and drudge, hardcore, tough, endurance, strength, let's go, 600 meters uphill. And I still was enjoying myself. Even though I felt terrible, even though the run didn't feel great, I was loving it. And then eventually I felt a little bit better, but I never really felt that good yesterday. But I was loving every minute being back at Homedale Park. So cheers to the Monmouth County Park System for keeping Thompson Park and Homedale Park in such great shape. They are such terrific, wonderful gems in Monmouth County, New Jersey. Thompson Park, Homedale Park, if you're ever in the area, Go run at both those places. And then today, I know, you're like, I thought this was going to be like two minutes of you talking about this, but no. And today, I ran at CBA, which is the high school that I went to and taught at. And there's no place on the planet I've run more minutes, meters, or miles than CBA. They have a mile and a half loop that you can use on campus. And I did about 5K of running today. One of my daughters was doing a workout, so I had to cut the run short. And I'm only saying that because I actually would have run longer which is really nice, but it was so good to be back there. It's a special, special place to me, and I got to see uh, some of the coaches and the the current AD and even some of the younger guys on their cross-country team, which was really, really nice. They they have one of the great programs in the country to this day, and uh, all in all, it was uh, an awesome, awesome trip. And I'm bringing this up because I was thinking on the run about that line, home is where the heart is right? But 
this is now this is the thought process that's going through my head as I'm running. So just bear with me, okay? Home is where the heart is. Okay, well, you always have your heart with you, right? So that would make sense that anywhere you are is home, but that's not true. And as I was running and I felt so at home running these loops at CBA, I thought, really, home is where the heart feels at home. And I was like, I'm going to forget this because this is what happens. Every time I go on a run, I come up with lines and I'm like, oh, I got to write this down. But I don't stop and put it in my phone or right when I finish, I'm, I'm doing other things. I don't think about it. And these lines disappear. And then later I'm like, wait, what, what was that line? I, oh, I had something that I thought was important and I could, I could riff off that and maybe turn it into a run or turn it into a post or an article or something like that. And nine times out of 10, 99 times out of a hundred, I probably forget. But today I was like, nope, I'm going to remember this. Home is where the heart is. No, home is where the heart is at home. And the reason why I've decided to start this episode by talking about these places that I ran at, all of these places are important to me. All of these places I mentioned to you, I feel completely at home at when I'm there and I'm running. I feel nostalgic, but I also feel optimistic about the future. I feel a little vulnerable because I remember being young. I remember being a teenager. I remember being a college kid. I remember being a 20-something and a 30-something and a new parent and uh, all of these things. And at the same time, I have such respect for those versions of me and I have such, uh, I have regrets too about all, all wrapped into one and I realized all of these places played a significant role in me becoming who I am and it's important for me to respect who I am right now because this is the only person that can do anything at all right now the person I am now is the only one who can be a person of action because you can only take action in the present so I was like you know I got to respect these places and celebrate these places too and I had great great runs and hard runs, and terrible runs, and struggle runs, and sad runs, and happy runs, and team runs, and alone runs, and snowy runs, and rainy runs, and hot runs, and humid runs, and everything in between. And they got me to where I am now. So these places stick out to me. They are my home runs. And I had all of this kind of swirling in my head that home is where the heart is. No, home is where the heart is most at home. And these places that I've been running at while I've been in Jersey are my home runs. And I was thinking it would be really great to have some episodes in the future where we talk about your home runs. And I'm trying to figure out a way to do it. It could be a mixture of mailbag and it could be me setting something up where you're, you're um, giving me like a 30-second or 60-second audio and I can put them into an entire uh, podcast episode called Home Runs. And then I was like, you know, we could do one for worst runs. We could do one for best runs, like all these things where we can have a lot of fun and make this even more interactive. But if you have some home runs that are special to you, tag me on, uh, you know, a post on social media where maybe you are doing a home run or maybe send me something to the mailbag about one of your home runs. And yeah, and in the future, I'm hoping to have an episode home runs which are about all of our runs that make us feel completely and totally at home. So there you go. Thank you for sitting there or running with me or driving along as I talked about some of my home runs that I've gotten to do while I'm back in New Jersey 
here in late August. And now I actually want to get into the heart and the soul of the podcast, which is actually about effort. And I'm going to tell you why I'm talking about effort today. I'm talking about effort today because there's a lot of people racing right now and there's a lot of people getting ready for races. And my favorite season of all is the fall and cross country season. So you've got a lot of younger athletes, whether it's middle school, cross country, uh, or if it's high school XC or even college NCAA level, where you've got athletes that are just starting to head back to school and they're about to start racing. And it just, it got me thinking about times and personal bests and you know team averages and all of these different things and how coaches try to get the best out of their athletes and the athletes try to get the best out of themselves and I always come back to these conversations that I've either overheard or been a part of in the past about racing and training and too often how they get tied down bogged down weighted down by numbers And that's why I wanted to talk a little bit about effort, and I'm going to talk about it from the lens of a coach, okay? And I'm going to tell you why effort is the best way to coach. It doesn't mean you throw away numbers, but those numbers should be representative of an effort, and if the numbers don't match the effort, then you have to change, not the effort, you change the numbers, okay? Now, let me start right off the bat by telling you something I believe. I believe that if you can get athletes, we'll start with racing. If you can get athletes racing and committing to giving a great effort, regardless of the conditions, regardless of the pace of the race, because guess what? An athlete doesn't always control the pace of a race unless you are taking the pace of the race. And that's not always in the best interest of the athlete. But if you can control your effort based simply on this, whatever happens I'm going to do my best. Whatever happens, I'm going to give a great effort. Whatever happens, I'm going to race to the best of my abilities. Just let me throw in a waiver here. That doesn't mean run as fast as you can or set a personal best. Okay? It simply means race the best you can, which means it's a marriage with a lot of individuals. Okay? I know it sounds so... So sassy, right? Ooh, what are we talking about here? But this is what I mean. A great race is, yeah, partially it's about maybe the pace or the speed of the race, but it's also about running smart and tactics, strategy. It's about overcoming things. It's about taking advantage of other things. It's all of that working together to have a great race. And effort, your effort to try to seize advantages your effort to overcome a challenge, your effort to maintain a pace, pick up the pace, back off the pace, your effort to to roll out the correct strategy, your effort to produce the right tactics in the moment, all of that effort, effort, effort. If you can get an athlete to consistently give great efforts, they will eventually run great times. But if you convince an athlete to just chase times, it does not mean they're ever going to be able to give a great effort, nor does it mean they're ever going to run great times. Think about that. And I'll tell you what, I would bet that this goes on all the time where you have coaches that are chasing times and that's it. It's about the time. We're going after this time. We're going to try for that time. This is what's important. We got to hit these splits. And 
None of the other factors are being taken into consideration. The weather in cross country, the course, Holmdel Park, I mentioned it earlier. It's a really hard cross country course. You know what? The Manasquan Reservoir, which I also mentioned, it's pancake flat, basically. It's also a cross country course. I'll tell you what, if you can run 16 minutes at the Manasquan Reservoir, that's pretty good. It does not mean you can run 16 minutes at Holmdel Park. Because I'll tell you what, if you're all out running 16 minutes at Manasquan Reservoir, you've got no chance of running 16 flat at Homedale Park. It's a much harder course. It means you could probably run, who knows, 1730, 1740 at Homedale Park. Now flip it. You run 1740 at Homedale Park. Okay, are you disappointed because you're trying to be a 16 flat 5K runner? Well, a 16 flat 5K runner, just go down to Manasquan Reservoir and you'll be a 16 flat 5K runner. But I'll tell you what, a 17 flat 5K runner at Homedale Park is more impressive, even though the time is slower because of where you're at. It's going to be a much harder effort to run 17 minutes at Homedale Park than 16 minutes at Howell. But if you're only chasing times, then you're going to probably run 17 flat at Homedale Park, and then you're going to think, well, a great effort is 17 flat at Masquan Reservoir. No, unless... You factor in other things like weather, tactics, strategy, all these things. My point is all of these things matter. You have to take into account all of these things. But if you can get your athlete to focus on effort, all the good stuff is going to follow. Lead with effort. Okay? And this also goes into training days. You want to give the best possible effort on your recovery day. You want to give the best possible effort on an easy run day, on a recovery run day. For example, all right, today, the goal is to recover as best as we can on our easy run day. Let's go out and do a run. It's based on effort. The effort has to remain an easy run effort, a recovery run effort. The times may change based on what you did yesterday. Maybe yesterday was a race. Maybe yesterday was a hard workout. Maybe yesterday was a really, really stressful day at home, followed by a terrible night of sleep, followed by a a day full of exams at school, and that one teacher who's always a nightmare that decided, you know what, today's the day, even though you wish today was not the day, that they're going to focus on you and be a nightmare to you. So now you come to practice, and you've got to do a recovery run or an easy run, and you're locked into a group of numbers that aren't taking anything like what's happened in the previous 24 hours into account. You can't do that based on the effort you're supposed to give, which is an easy effort. So what do you do? You give an even harder effort. And now suddenly you're even more tired and you did not get out of the recovery run what you were supposed to get out of the recovery run. But if you lead with effort and you have an athlete that can say, hey, guess what? I'm working too hard to hit those numbers. That's where you can say, okay, great. Be smart. Make sure the effort fits, which means make sure the numbers are following the effort. The effort's not following the numbers, okay? So we're going to back off. We're going to be smart, which means you're giving your best effort. You're being smart. You're making adjustments. You're being a great coach. You're making sure the easy run and the recovery run effort is correct. And I'll tell you what else happens. You build confidence quicker as an athlete. You also Build longer-term confidence when you focus on the effort because that's something the athlete can control every single day. That means the athlete realizes every single day they have control of their run, which means every single day the athlete should be taking more and more ownership of their training, of the adjustments that they need to make. 
Yes, they're still working with the coach, but they're becoming their own best coach. And long-term, I think that always leads to a better runner. Now, if you have an athlete that's basing everything on the numbers, which means the numbers have to improve for me to get better, which means they're not taking into account certain things that they need to adjust for, like the weather, like the terrain, like the last couple of days or weeks or months of their training, their life, their relationships. Well, it's going to be much harder for them to consistently improve. I think it's going to be much harder for them to consistently get smarter. It's going to be much harder for them to consistently take more and more ownership of their training and find more joy and pride in the fact that they are taking more control of their training. I've seen the same thing happen in the classroom. The students that I told I was proud of them for the effort they gave, that I could notice that they were giving a greater effort in their essays, in their homework, in their tests, they improved consistently. They improved time and time again better than what I saw happening in some other classes where the whole focus was on just getting a higher grade. Because I'll tell you what, sometimes the grade doesn't follow the effort just like the time doesn't follow the effort. I'll give you an example of teaching where I had students who came in as freshmen that probably did not really know how to study. And some of it's time management, some of it's focus, but also some of it is just how to study. They're just like certain cross-country courses have secrets. Certain subjects have secrets on how to study for them. Here, I'll give you a little clue here. So if you have any kids or if you are someone that's in high school right now, I'm going to tell you how you can study for history other than paying attention in class, which is you know, if you have a teacher that's pretty good, that's the best way. But if you have, let's say, a test on a chapter, chapter seven in world history, I'm just making it up. At the end of the chapter, okay, there are questions. Start at the end of the chapter and read the questions. Start at the end of the chapter and see the terms that they say are the most important terms. Look at the things they're going to ask you about at the end. Look at that first and then read the chapter. Because now you know what's important. Now you at least you know what the book is considering important. So start at the end and say, okay, they want me to know the answers to these three or four questions. Um, these are the people they think are important, and these are the terms they think are important. Then do the reading. Because when you go through there, you're going to go, oh, this is what they were talking about. This, this little section here. Oh, that's the name of somebody that they said was really important. And oh, that's the term, mercantilism. Okay, like these, this is how you should study. It's the same thing with running. Start at the end. What is the purpose of this run? Well, the purpose of this run is to have an easy recovery run. Okay, now do the run. And you're going to have to make adjustments like, ooh, I don't, I'm running way too hard. This is not feeling like an easy recovery run. Okay, then back off. Now you know what to do. Okay, what is the purpose of this race? Well, the purpose of this race is um, to try to get in the top 10. Okay, well, the pace is, is, is not fast enough. Well, what does the pace have to do with anything? You're trying to be top 10. So hang out in 15th, you keep sliding up. It doesn't matter what the pace is. You're trying to be top 10. Who cares what the pace is? The pace isn't always going to be fast. Or if you start a run, it's like, well, what's the what's the point of this race? So let's try, try to break 16 minutes in the 5K. Well, but let's talk about whether that's possible at this place. Or maybe the weather's terrible, so we have to adjust because it's 40-mile-an-hour winds and it's sleeting. We're probably not going to run 16 minutes today. Okay, well, adjust. What does it mean? What are you going to try to do? 
Were there races before that you can learn from? Were there races in the past that you can learn from and say, you know, it's 16 minutes and weather like this is probably closer to 1820, so that's what we're going to try to do. Or maybe it's, again, we're just going to go for a place goal. You make adjustments based on the situation. But most important is, okay, what, what are we trying to do? We're trying to have a really good, hard effort. Well, the conditions don't really matter then, do they? Have a good, hard effort, which means the time doesn't really matter on that day. Because if you can have a good hard effort in one condition, so that's 18 minutes and 16 minutes in another, then the time is basically meaningless, isn't it? It's the effort that matters. It's the effort that matters. And I think especially with young athletes, new athletes, athletes that are coming back to the sport, if you can focus on effort, if you can focus on controlling your effort, giving a great effort, managing your effort, being smart with your effort, you're going to find long term success so get rid of the numbers as the north star let effort be the north star get rid of these times that are that are dictating everything and let effort be in the lead and let the times follow i'll tell you what if you can let the numbers follow the effort the numbers will be better the numbers will be what you want the numbers will be something that you're proud of if you let the numbers lead the effort will not always be something you're proud of because the numbers don't always work out. You can't always control those numbers, but you can always control the effort. So I know this was kind of a, a snappy, short little thing today, but I thought it was important. I've been hearing a lot about numbers lately, but like I said, because of people training for races, whether it's fall marathons, half marathons, 10Ks, 15Ks, or whether it's cross-country season starting. Lead with effort, not just in your goals. Lead with effort in your training, and not just in training, and not just with goals. Lead with effort on how you handle yourself, how you present yourself, and what your demands are of yourself. Because that is the one thing every single time you cross a starting line you have control of, the effort you give. Okay. All right. There we go. And I'll tell you what, right now is where we would normally do the mailbag. But like I said, the mailbag's back in Portland and the mailbag's in a PO box or the new mail at least is in a PO box back in Portland. So it'll be next week, I believe, when we're going to be able to tap back into the mail. I'm hoping there's a buildup of mail. I'm hoping that the mailbag is overflowing with new mail because I gotta say I love it I love getting the new mail so until we do that uh, get back to the west coast it's gonna be another episode with no mail I apologize but I also mentioned a few episodes back of having an all mailbag episode which what I'm that's something I'm hoping we get to do soon I mean look at all of these possible episodes we have coming up a home run episode a worst run ever episode a best run ever episode an all mailbag episode. Jeez, we've got so many episodes that we can do. But until then, I've got to finish my time here in New Jersey going for some more runs. I got to figure out where I'm going to run tomorrow. It's kind of up in the air. I've hit most of my spots. I may just do another actual boardwalk run. I haven't done one at night, and the boardwalk is very different at nighttime. We're talking nighttime, nighttime run. I could do one very, very early, which would be a lot of fun. 
or I could just go back and hit some of the other places like Thompson Parks. Like I said, there's there's a whole bunch of trails I haven't hit there. And I'll tell you what, since I'm going to be here for a couple more days, if you listen to this and you have some cool spots that maybe I haven't brought up that are in that Monmouth County area, send them my way. Shoot me you know, a DM or something like that post it on one of the social media like hey coach you need to hit this place and maybe i will on what's remaining of the jersey shore running tour that i've been going on and after that i'm heading back to portland to portland oregon pacific northwest hopefully it's a little bit cooler than when we left because it was over 100 when we left that would be great and yeah so there's going to be lots of writing i think i hinted it's some of the writing that I'm doing right now, but be on the lookout for another Coach Bennett's newsletter dropping here very, very, very shortly. Uh, or you can catch me on uh, TikTok, Threads, Instagram, any of those places. And as always, I appreciate so much you giving me some of your time. Thank you for listening. Um, please keep rating and reviewing the podcast. Please share the podcast, regardless of how you listen to it, whether it's on Pandora or Spotify or Apple or any of the other platforms, please be sharing it. Um, It really does mean a lot when uh, you're bringing in new people to the show. I want the community to be as big and as badass as it can be. So please share, please keep listening. And thank you so much for sharing your time with me. Take care of yourself, take care of each other. And until episode 13, I'll see you. Thank you so much for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast today. And if you're not already following or subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, well, I really wish you would because it helps a lot. Also, check out the show notes because you'll find a link to Coach Bennett's newsletter as well as all the social media sites that I'm on. Places like Threads and Facebook and Instagram and Mastodon and YouTube and even the artist formerly known as Twitter, whatever that dumpster fire is called today, you'll find a link to it because I'm on there. Thank you so much again for listening. And until next time, take care of yourself.